What's up, everybody? Welcome back into the Letterman Lounge. It is another edition of the program. It's a November edition of the program, and that means Matt Parker is listening to Christmas music already. It, one of the worst crimes he could commit in the month of November as we barrel toward Thanksgiving without a thought of Christmas uh, to be had. Um, but Matt's going to listen to Christmas music and maybe talk about recruiting if he can get Christmas music out of his head, uh, because it's the beginning of November, and that's what he does. I am pro-Thanksgiving. This man is pro erasure of Thanksgiving. So I guess that's where we're at. This is a gross mischaracterization of who I am. First off, my very first thing, where are your Thanksgiving carols? Huh? Where are your Thanksgiving carols, Spence? You singing about turkeys and cranberries? I don't think so. What's so wrong with getting in the Christmas spirit while doing Thanksgiving things? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's the perfect collaboration, you know? So just, I'm very fired up about this because I got blindsided on Twitter. You put something out there saying that we need a new recruiting reporter. All right, fine. I didn't mean that. I was out of line. And then, and then our good friend, Patrick Murphy, of competing site, Bucknuts, tweets at me. And all this time, I thought we were friends and I knew you. Now, I don't know what to think. You are hanging me out to dry. All right, out there. And you know what? I'll fight the fight. I'll keep listening to my Christmas music on November 2nd and keep on talking about recruiting as well. So look, man, look, you there are plenty in your turkey. All right. There are plenty of folks in your camp. And I, I completely understand that. My entire I, family, actually. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, like, it's not like I put out there your opinion that's just like, whoa, this guy's really weird. Like, it's not like you're putting, like, you know, like uh, ketchup on ham. Like, it's, it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's not like you're doing something so outlandish that it's crazy. I didn't think it was super weird to put out that you like Christmas music before Thanksgiving. But, like, I'm still in the brown, orange, red uh, mood instead of the red, green mood. Um, you know, Chris, and, there are some people that think blue is a Christmas color, by the way. I learned that the other day. Yeah, it's a newer, it's a newer thing. But also, Matt, like, here's the deal. Before we get into recruiting stuff, because we're gonna go way too long on this, oh, my the okay. tree in my front yard is still completely green. Like it's one of the last trees to lose its leaves uh of the fall. So like I don't even consider fall even remotely close right to being finished right now because I'm gonna be raking leaves probably the first week of December, and everyone else is gonna have their Christmas trees up. So like well, I'm see, not even close to the Christmas spirit right now. That's just a you problem because you're the only one that's affected by that. And everyone else around you is in a different reality, buddy. So like that's that's a you. That is a special case. You are a special case. You know that? That's what I have to say. Thank you. Thank you. Anyway, when uh, this conversation is done, A, I'm going to drive to your house to really see if that if the tree has its green leaves and on my way to your house i'm gonna be listening to christmas tunes so be ready yeah the front door will not be open for you uh the front door is open for the ohio state football program to accept new recruits that's what they did in october this is the letterman lounge of course um with some occasional bands um but that's what we do here uh we try to entertain and provide quality recruiting entertainment Hopefully we can do that. But uh, if we can, I guess, backtrack to fall, since apparently it's just full-blown winter now. Um, 
Ohio State landed a few commits in October, and we are here to recap the month of October. Maybe maybe look ahead a little bit, um, but we're not going to hold you missed. We're not going to be here too long today, just because next week should be a bigger show with the Buckeyes having a primetime game next week. Um, so, Matt, you wanted to break down the commits that Ohio State received in the month of October and what they mean in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're just blowing up my Twitter right now, okay? This is – I did not ask for this. Uh, yeah, circling back to October, just kind of put things in perspective because October, like, I feel like it's the busiest month of the college football season um, because in in November, like, you get three weeks of – I'm not going to say meaningless games because you only get 12 of them, so they all mean something. But, like, Ohio State's – Three week three week run is Rutgers, who is a good team, by the way. I, I think Rutgers is pretty good. Um, you have Rutgers, Michigan State, and Minnesota. Okay, and then then you got the big one, right? Uh, against Michigan, one of, the, one of the one of those teams is not like the other three. So, mm-hmm. and it's Michigan State because they stink, and that game should be at 10 in the morning. All right, now that I got that out of the way, I can go on with saying what I want to say, which is uh, October is so busy. It's it's like you don't – I feel like you don't have time to, like, breathe, you know? Like, you have to – like, you're just so in it, so entrenched in it. And now that we have, like – like, I don't know about you, but, like, there's it just feels like that switch from October to November. It's like you can, like, just – oh, okay. Like, that's how I feel about this. Um, and you look at that and Ohio state had what, two home games in, in October. Yeah. Cause they had, yeah. Two home games. Um, something like a hundred kids were on campus in, in those two home games combined, obviously Penn state, the Penn state game really led the way with like 80 something kids there, which is just ridiculous. Uh, shout out Mark Pantoni and staff for, for all of that. Um, and now we have a time, now we have a moment to like take a step back and, and look at it for what it was. And by all accounts, I think October was a pretty good month for Ohio State on the trail. I mean, you pick up four total commitments, one of which was in the 2024 class. Three of them were in the 25 class. Um, and that 25 class is, is at this time a year ago, the 24 class was, uh, I I'm, Pretty sure Dylan Rayola was still in the class at this time a year ago. Uh, yeah, because he decommitted a few days after Jeremiah Smith committed to Ohio State, which was in December. Uh, December 14th, actually, which was the same day that Lincoln Keenholz flipped from Washington. So <clears throat> uh, at this time a year ago, the 24 class was only Dylan Rayola and Ian Moore. Like not even Garrett Stover was in the class yet. Um and so 20, 25 is already double that at, at this time. So I think it's just a good moment to kind of take a step back and, and realize where things are for Ohio State um, and kind of go there. And we can go one of two ways as, as we look back at, at October. We can start with 25 with those three commitments and kind of like think about what's next and, and go there. Or we can, you know, go with 24 and be like, okay, there's still more to do. Signing day is in six weeks, um, which is insane. Uh, so you pick you pick the path. It's like one of those movies on Netflix where you choose the outcome. You pick the path, and then that's the way we'll go. Well, I mean, the Buckeyes landed 
three commits in the 25 class, one commit in the 24 class here in, in the month of October. And I think next week's show with the uh, visit from Jordan Seaton expected next week, we can kind of dive into what's left in the 24 class and maybe talk about El- or, uh, Leroy Roker as it you know relates to what they still need to do in that class. So I think I don't even know if the 24 class is something that we super need to like dive in on right now this week, just because we're going to talk so much about like remaining needs in that 24 class and how this Michigan state game can impact that, uh, you know, next week. And and that's going to be really the talk of the entire week next week is, is what's left in this class and how can you shore it up with a primetime game against a truly horrendous opponent? Like that's well, especially, that's a good point, especially since like, excuse me, this morning I saw that, um, Amaris Williams, the defensive lineman from Clinton, North Carolina, Florida commit, who made his official visit to Ohio State the Penn State weekend. He apparently is is coming back to Ohio State on an unofficial visit for that Michigan State game, which if he actually shows up on campus, to me, that's kind of telling of where things are going to go for him and Ohio State. So that would be really good for the Buckeyes. And then Four-star defensive tackle Carlin Jones, uh, Nebraska commit out of Bay City, Texas, who got an Ohio State offer on October 30th. He is making an official visit to Ohio State for the Michigan State game. So we'll put we'll put 24 on, on the back burner because there's also some safety talk that, that we have as well. That's one of the other positions of need in that 24 class. Um and a couple of other housekeeping things so we could talk about. So we'll focus on 25 today then is what it sounds like. Well, Matt, I mean, the Buckeyes are going to be, we, we can look a little bit ahead because the Buckeyes are going to be hosting uh, plenty of recruits for the Michigan state game. There are still tickets available for that game. And if you would like to go to the Michigan state game, the latest primetime game in Ohio state football history, November 11th will be the latest date Ohio state has ever played a primetime game in the history of Ohio state football. If you would like to go there, the Game Time app is the place to go to be able to go to Ohio State, Michigan State. You can get $20 off your first purchase in the Game Time app when you use the promo code Buckeyes at checkout. Of course, terms apply. But if you would like to go to Ohio State, Michigan State, use the promo code Buckeyes. You get $20 off your first purchase. Matt, you know about the deal. I know about the deal. They do this thing where you find the ticket on Game Time. You find it ticket that's cheaper in the same section on a different app you send it into game time they refund you 110 the difference i'm not a mathematician i'm not going to try to do the math there but i do know that it saves you money as long as you know that terms apply use the promo code buckeyes for 20 dollars off your first purchase in the game time app and you can go watch those buckeyes you can go uh don't yell at recruits but cheer on recruits uh as they walk out onto the field pregame and take oh. in ohio state michigan state in prime time it's going to be cold but it's going to be fun and you can be there through the game time app. So, Matt. Cool alternate uniforms for Ohio State. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. I know that it's not going to be a great game, but it's going to be fun. Um, I, already, okay. I already made my public plea for the 10 a.m. kickoff, right? Did I do that yet? Yeah, it didn't happen. Oh, okay. Should I do it again or no? No. All right. All right. All right. Fine. Fine. You can say it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. That game needs to be at 10 a.m. That means 10 in the morning. Ball in the air at 10 in the morning. All right. I feel better now. So three commits in the month of October for the class of 2025. You have Blake Woodby from St. Francis Academy, Baltimore, Maryland, cornerback, the number 90 overall prospect in the country. He's from a program, excuse me, that Ohio State is really trying to dive into, uh, St. Francis, and, and, and you know, kind of 
pick that lock, get into that program, and, and get some of that heavy-hitting talent from the DMV uh, going into Loxley territory. Uh, they, you have Javen Boggs from Cocoa, Florida, number 250 player in the country. That will not stand. He will be rising up the rankings very, very soon, I would assume. And then Eli Lee, the number 471 player in the country, an 87 overall. He's a three-star. I don't expect that to stick either at the linebacker from Ohio. Just another linebacker the Buckeyes took. So, Matt, I will ask you, of the three, which one is the most of consequence right now as it stands this 2025 class? Oh... I think it's got to be Javen Box, just because this, the last couple of recruiting cycles for Brian Hartline have been ridiculous. Um, I think if you count, if we're going to count the 24 cycle as if they're already signed, um, that's quick math says that's 20 stars that he's brought to Ohio State. Uh, actually, 25. 25 stars, I believe, because I'm pretty sure Noah Rogers, Carnell Tate, and Brandon Ennis were all five stars somewhere along the way. Um, and then obviously Jeremiah Smith and Mylon Graham are the five stars for 2024. So obviously you want to get the best talent every single year. And I, I really I really like the approach that Ohio State is showing for 25 uh, as it relates to wide receivers. You have a big quarterback. And Tavian St. Clair, who, I mean, is like he there's I, don't, I was going to go down a rabbit hole really quick, but uh, building chemistry with guys is super important on and off the field. Obviously, it's not like Tavian's going to be able to throw to Javen Boggs anytime soon, but he could start building those relationships now with those wide receivers and that relationship like off the field relationships show up on the field. So the fact that you can build that early uh i think matters significantly whereas um eli lee kind of is like on an island right now as the only linebacker only commit to the front seven for ohio state right now and then on you have blake would be on the back end who is very aware of the fact that ohio state is going after devin sanchez they're going after dorian brew trey mcnutt all of these uh, 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 Mark Zachary, you know, there are, there are, yeah, exactly. Like there are, there are bigger targets for Ohio state. Um, that doesn't mean that doesn't necessarily, you know, it's not a slight at Blake would be by any means because any other place he's like the number one corner for a lot of schools. He's certainly talented. Um, but the way that Ohio State is going with, with its cornerback recruiting under Tim Walton uh, and the success that Ohio State has had on the trail and the success that Ohio State is having on the field this year at the cornerback position, that kind of opens things up for the Buckeyes to start going after the bigger fish and having a realistic shot. So all of that going back to Javen Boggs being the, the, the guy of most consequence, I think it just stems from a chemistry thing that that wide receiver quarterback chemistry is so important and with what ohio state wants to do offensively for as long as ryan day is is going to be here like this this should be a pass first program uh i think there's a little bit of, of headstrongness about that take from folks within within the woody and that's fine that's fine but uh if you can get your wide receivers figured out early um i think that's for the best you know, 
just because those are premium offensive positions. And again, if Ohio State can continue to go to Florida, specifically Central and South Florida, because Coco is in the Orlando area, um, so not you know South Florida by any means. But if Ohio State can continue to go into Florida and just take whoever the heck it wants, I say go for it. You know, I say absolutely go yeah. for it. And the fact that they can, the fact that the kids stay locked in as well, when, you know, Florida State is looking like a really good football team right now. Uh, I mean, what, they're the number four team in the country right now in the first CFP rankings. Um, we'll see what happens at the very last CFP rankings, you know, the ones that matter. But as of now, if the playoffs started today, they'd be playing Ohio State. So, uh that definitely matters to get your wide receivers in early, in my opinion. And that's why I think Javen Boggs is, is the most of consequence guy right now. So you make a compelling case there, and I, I don't disagree with you at all. Um, but just for the sake of where it's a recruiting show and we have to talk about things, I'll I'll go Blake Woodby because I think there's something to be said about a guy who understands that they're recruiting others at his same position who may be even higher ranked than he is. And like these guys all look at the recruiting rankings that the coaches say they don't, they do. The recruiting guys say they don't, they do. The players and recruits say they don't, they do. Um, but it's very obvious that Ohio State's going after bigger fish when it comes to like the recruiting rankings, but they, they like Blake would be enough to take that commitment. And he understood that they were still going to recruit those guys. That understanding between he and Tim Walton, I think is really important. And so, you know, I just think that it's noteworthy enough that a guy from not in Ohio knows that there's guys in Ohio and guys around the country that are going to come into this class with him. Yeah. And he still wanted to uh, rip the bandaid off, make that commitment public um, this early in the cycle. I think that's noteworthy. And so maybe, you know, and it's not that I'm saying he's like, an, uh, you know, just another guy in the class. He's a top 100 player. He's a, he's a really good player, but he's the kind of player that 90 to 250 range the 75 to 250 range that puts you into the top three of recruiting rankings rather than the top 10. Yeah. And if you get Devin Sanchez, that puts you into the top two or three. But to stay in that very elite class, you have to fill your class, not with three-star guys that are projects, but with guys who are top-end talents, and you also recruit kind of over them. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I think it's important yeah. that Blake it's, class. It's, it's getting the great guys first, right? If your foundation is great players and then you top it off with, elite players because there's a difference you know there's there's a there's a difference there um like blake would be i think it's a great player um but devin sanchez that's an elite cornerback you know as far as it as far as it relates to uh high school rankings um you know and like recruiting rankings and everything like that devin sanchez just being the number two cornerback the number 10 overall prospect and everything like that is is very significant for Ohio State to continue recruiting guys at that position. And then also we, we talked about uh not extensively, but we 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 did not bring up Eli Lee in this conversation. And I think that's just because um with how Ohio State recruits nationally, I think sometimes we fall victim to the fact that these in-state guys, like there's almost like an expectation that they will commit. And that's not entirely true. Um, we see, I mean, you see in-state guys all the time commit elsewhere. 
most notably Jordan Marshall, the 2024 running back from Cincinnati, Ohio, plays at Archbishop Moeller, uh, has had a very, very good senior season as well, from my understanding. Um, you can't take those in-state recruitments for granted, especially when other programs in the Midwest are really starting to rise to the occasion. Like Michigan, for everything that it has going on outside of the building right now, like Michigan's a good football team. Um, the the allegations and, and the situation aside, like Michigan is a good football team. Um, now, how they got to be a good football team, like that's up for discussion. Sure, whatever. But uh, all of that to say, the uh, the uh, in-state guys are are of extreme consequence. You know, like the in-state guys are of extreme consequence. But I think just like when you compare it to the national standpoint, it is a little different. You know, yeah. because if Ohio State could fill up its roster with players only from Ohio, don't you think it would do that? Like, don't yeah. you think it would do that? Well, it can't. It, it like, can't do that. It can't do that to win national championships. I will say that. Bingo. Bingo. It can't do that to win national championships. If Ohio State was trying to be Iowa and they recruited 25 guys from Ohio every year, they could absolutely go eight and four, nine and three, I think. Yeah, but that's not the that's not the standard. That's not the expectation. The expectation is to go 12 and 0, win a Big Ten championship, you know, beat Michigan and go to the college football playoff and win the whole damn thing. And you can't do that when you sign 25 guys all from Ohio. You can do that if you sign like eight to 10 guys, which under Ryan Day, I don't think they've taken less than six since Ryan Day has been the head coach at Ohio State, which that to me is impressive. I also think the talent in the state of Ohio is getting better. Um, like it just it, every single year, like I haven't I haven't like published this or anything yet. And I'm not going to until the 2024 cycle is completely behind us. But like in my head, when I try to piece together the 25 class, there's like 10 Ohioans in the class. Yeah. That's 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 a testament to just how much better the state is getting. Now, imagine if the state allows for spring football. Imagine imagine then how much better that that the state would be. And it's not like the state of Ohio is very good at football like. You and I both played high school football in Ohio, like poorly, but yeah. Well, okay, we don't have to talk about how well we played it. We just <laughs> we we get it, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. Like especially, you know, like I played against guys that played at Power Five schools, like in high school. So like, <laughs> well, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> anyway, the point the point remains is that like people all the time talk about. Oh, Georgia. Oh, Florida. Oh, California. Oh, Texas. And like, rightfully so. All of those places are very good at football. But like, Ohio did like a, they did a, like a huge football showcase week one. And I'm pretty sure like all of the Ohio teams won that. Like, Maslin beat the tar out of somebody, you know, yeah. which is, uh, that's good for the state. We just need to bring spring football needs to happen in Ohio. You know, I need, to rub my, I need to rub my eyes. Is that General Bob Carpenter over there? I know that's exactly how I feel. Like I, that's exactly how I feel. And I think if I think if Ohio State, if Ohio State, Ohio State can't win a national championship by building a class of entirely Ohio guys, despite what some Ohio State fans think, that's just not that's not the case. You know, like Jeremiah Smith 
doesn't live in Ohio. So like, and you need him to win a national championship, you know? But I think the Buckeyes can do a, a good job in Ohio and they have done a good job in Ohio. I think we should make it a, a point on this show to not forget the Ohio guys, because too often in recruiting, everyone talks about, well, he should go to Ohio state. And then once he does go to Ohio state and he's from Ohio, we're just like, okay, he's in the class. Let's talk about the next guy. But like, we just, right. let's, let's make it a, a point on this program here, the Letterman lounge okay. that when we pull up a seat in the lounge, Yes. We talk about the Ohioans. And so we talked to Javen Boggs, how important he is to the class, just because, you know, it's a tone setter for the receiver group. We talk about Blake Woodby and how the understanding there is important. Um, and that's why, you know, I, I took Blake Woodby and who's the most important of the, the October commits. But Eli Lee is a guy who <clears throat> I don't think will come in and start right away. He's not a guy who's going to, uh, you know, he, he's a probably, let's be honest with ourselves, probably a special teamer on in year one, works his yeah. way onto the field against Maryland and Rutgers in year two. And then in year three, he's potentially in for starting lineup. Guess what? That sounds a lot like Tommy Eichenberg. And like, you don't want to throw a comparison out there like that because Tommy Eichenberg is a do it all for Ohio State and is insanely smart. And you just don't know how processing works once you get to the college level. Uh, but he's a guy who you could see developing and we could look back in 2027, we could look back on this November 2nd, 2023 recruiting show and be like, man, we barely talked about Eli Lee and he's an All-American now. And it wouldn't surprise me. So, like, yeah, we, I mean, we, we why, shouldn't take those Ohio guys for granted. That's why, I mean, I, I said that when I had the full screen. Um, yeah. I, I, I was just saying, like, you cannot take the in-state kids for granted because yeah. that is that is the cultural foundation of the classes because those are kids who have grown up they get it they understand right and then you have like it takes a second and there have been so many guys uh that are from out of state that once they get to ohio state and like they're in front of the media and stuff like that like and the question always it typically get well players aren't made available during michigan week but you get that sense that like guys that have that have been with the program like it's in their second year right is that like they understand what everything means that's why the in-state commits you know when they are recruits and committed prospects that's the cultural foundation of the program right there and then it just moves out of the high school ranks into the woody hayes athletic center and and then you see kind of that like trickle out you know and quite honestly this maybe this this is a little bit of a take probably I don't know. We'll see what happens when I say it. I think Eli Lee's commitment to Ohio State was bigger for Ohio State than it was for Eli. Yeah, and I, I mean that's I, something we can look back on later and 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 see if that take bears itself out. Um, well, let me explain. Let me explain really. Quick. Yeah, he had his only other Power Five offers are from West Virginia, Iowa State, and of course Kentucky. Because, you know, Kentucky offers every single high school football player in the state of Ohio. Except you and I. I didn't get a Kentucky offer. I don't know about you. but I I'm still waiting on mine. Yeah. So, anywho, those were his only Power 5 offers. Um, oh, and I think Pitt was in there as well. Um, H2P. Right. And then Ohio State offers. Right. And usually when Ohio State offers, especially and uh, – and Ohioan, that's when you see everybody else just start to come in and start to offer. Um, but the fact that Ohio State was able to, I mean, they've been scouting him since he was like a freshman, like going into his sophomore season. Like Ohio State has been on Eli Lee. That's a name that has been on their radar. 
because he's camped at Ohio State. He's done all the things that the in-state guys do, right, which is show up every single time you have an opportunity to show up. Um, I mean, that's what happened with Jermaine Matthews. He didn't get his Ohio State offer until June of his senior year, going into June of his senior year. And now, look, he now he's a guy that we talk about just about every single week as a true freshman, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. which is exactly why, like, we you cannot take the in-state guys for granted. And I'm not saying anyone does. Like, I, I'm not drawing my line in the sand here and being like, they're not a, like people aren't appreciative of all the Ohio guys because you look at look at all the Ohio guys right now that are making an impact for Ohio State. You have Tommy Eichenberg, who is like the nucleus of the defense. You have Cade Stover, who is doing a hell of a lot for that offense. Xavier mm-hmm. Johnson from Cincinnati is is doing things with the Mecca Abuka still sidelined, you know. So that's a that's this week's tangent, this week's long-winded tangent. I really appreciate everyone who watches this every week uh, that listens to these tangents. I really do. But point in case, Eli Lee certainly is of consequence. The most consequence? Debatable. But he does matter. Well, and we, we need to tip the cap to Tavian St. Clair, who's already doing a pretty good job as a recruiter for Ohio State in the month of October on campus a couple times to meet with these guys. But uh, – I thought the month of October was a, a good, productive one for the Buckeyes. Um, probably not as good or productive as they, in a perfect world, would like it to be. But I think that they did get some really good stuff done. And now all eyes, Matt, pivot to uh, next week as we get ready to get out of here in the Letterman Lounge. Like We now turn our full focus on the recruiting front. Of course, the Buckeyes have to go to Rutgers, take care of business this week. Letterman Row will be on the ground in Piscataway for that one. But – now, you and I, as, as it pertains to the Letterman Lounge, and you especially as it pertains on the recruiting trail, turn full focus to November 11th when, let's you know, let's just, you know, a couple names. We're not going to go into detail. Jordan Seaton is yeah. is by far and away the most important visitor. He will be at Colorado this week, according to uh, on three's Josh Newberg. And then he will come to Ohio State. And the Buckeyes have been trying to be the last, last in line on those visits. I still don't know if they will be last in line, to be honest with you, but they'd yeah. like to be. Um, and he's a very impressionable guy. You're going to see some glowing, just as a forewarning, you're going to see some glowing things about Colorado after this weekend and them being eight or nine players away from being in contention, like Jordan said, uh, whereas the Buckeyes the next weekend are going to get some glowing quotes about them being maybe one or two guys away or even being there and just continuing the tradition of, of trying to win national championships. So that's what we have to look forward to next week, Matt. Who uh, who does Colorado play this weekend? Do you know? Um. No, I don't. I don't know off the top of my head, but uh, I can. I can not definitively promise, but like I have a pretty good feeling that even in November, even in November, like mid-November, that a is it USC? No, they already played USC. It's the Beavs. Oh, buddy, DJU, come on now, show some respect for the Oregon State Beavers, folks. It's the Beavs. This is a big Oregon State program. So uh, anyway, my all I was going to say was I think uh, for all of the glitz and glamour that Colorado has, they are at best an average football team. They have really good players like like don't get me wrong. There are some really talented football players at Colorado, but like from a team standpoint on a national landscape standpoint. Uh, that team would get eviscerated by like Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama. I don't think it would be particularly pretty. Um, 
uh, like look what happened against Oregon. That's what it would be like. Whereas uh, you get Jordan Seaton to campus for a primetime game in Columbus. It doesn't matter what what time of year it is. Ohio State will turn up and turn out for uh, a primetime game in the shoe, which is this is the only primetime game in the shoe this year. I had yeah. that realization Wednesday night um, when we were at availability. And I was like, well, that, that kind of stinks. They're, the primetime game in Columbus is awesome, man. It's, that's a fun time. But like Ohio State, they got the whole, I mean, it's a primetime game. They're playing a team that they should beat by like a, a few touchdowns. They're wearing different uniforms. Uh, it, it's everything that, you know, a, a kid that would, it's everything a kid would want making his official visit. Um, so we'll see. You know, we'll see how that goes. We'll we'll get a little more in depth about that. But I will say right now, I think of all of the visitors Ohio State has had this year, uh, and will continue to have because don't forget Ohio State does play Minnesota at home, and you can't waste an opportunity to have recruits on campus. Now there might be like some twenty thirties coming to town, but that's okay. Sure, twenty um, thirties I think are in sixth grade, by the way, sixth or seventh grade. I don't know. I, Maybe fifth grade. Math is hard. This is not a math show, as we have said many a times. Anywho, of all the visitors that have been to Ohio State, I think Jordan Seaton's the most important visitor to visit yeah. this entire season. And that is with Jeremiah Smith. Like I Jordan Seaton's going to be the most important visitor to come to Ohio State this fall. But we will so, talk about that more next week. We will talk about that more next week. Next week will be the Jordan Seaton special. Um, yeah. you will be able to have a seat. And and listen to us talk about Jordan Seaton um, as we, yeah, next week, next week for the Letterman Lounge. This was this week on the Letterman Lounge where we broke down the end of October and the month that was on the recruiting trail on October four, Ohio State. Matt Park on the other side of that screen does a tremendous job breaking this all down for LettermanRoad.com. Go to LettermanRoad.com right now. Get the first month of coverage for $1. Yes, $1. That gets you through that rivalry game up in Ann Arbor. It gets you almost to the Big Ten Championship game. And we will see you over there in the Letterman Lounge on the message board where we break all this down. Matt, Alex Gleitman, uh, Andy Backstrom, and myself. Tim May has some stuff on LettermanRoad.com. Get it all for $1. But you can only do it if you go to LettermanRoad.com. We'll see you over there, and we'll see you next week in the Letterman Lounge for more talk about the Jordan Seaton special.